What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Lunch Pail Legends podcast, brought to you by Lunch Pail Sports. I'm Oliver Nelson, and with me is my beautiful co-host, Jacob Klumpker. Fortunately, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately, Dylan's at the most magical place in the world and on Earth right now, Disneyland, mm-hmm. so good for Dylan. Um, happy, The happiest place on Earth. Oh, the happiest place, yes. I you could probably that. say most magical, too. I think that would be very yeah. Disney-like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'd know that with two young kids, my bad. But, it's okay, you're... You're yeah. excused. This is a sports podcast. We're not experts yeah. on on Disney. Except you got a, a, a Disney plane all mapped out though for your next trip. Yeah, I actually am kind of obsessed with Disneyland, but that's another <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> that's that's Jacob's side podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was yeah. Didn't I tell you guys that like my dream job would be to plan Disney vacations? I think I take that back. I think I it, my dream job would be like a Disney Disneyland vlogger. Just go around Ooh. and take videos at Disneyland. That would be my dream job. There you go. Did you ever work there? I don't know. I think Beans, they call them cast members instead of employees. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... I don't know. Some jobs would probably be fun. But like get... the guy who walks behind the the horses and cleans up their crap. Doesn't sound like a good job, which we Either saw. Oh, we saw uh, firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty nasty. We were sitting there, we were sitting there on these benches and um, eating corn dogs, and the horses <laughs> walk by us and just crap all over the all over Main Street. Not, I mean, they were like a good thirty feet from us, but still, I mean, you're eating a corn dog. The last thing you want to see is poop coming out of a horse's butthole. So. Yeah, getting real, getting real graphic here on the uh, podcast tonight. <laughs> As I was eating the corn dog. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, the corn uh, dogs are next level, though. They're very good corn dogs. Yep, very cool. So, um, so yeah, what are we talking about today? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Got some MVP, dark horse MVP candidates. Yeah. Give some of our, some of our, our favorite, or maybe not favorites, but people we think have an outside chance of being an MVP. And then we'll like give some of our, some college football games we're excited about this year, which I'm really excited about. When I was looking through, just like, I literally went through week by week and scrolled through every game. Um, yeah, I'll give more details once we get there. But you want to jump right into Dark Horse MVP candidates? Let's do it. How many do you want to do each? We could just see how it goes. We might overlap a little bit. I have a list of like mm. five or six. Oh, um, but I'm But I'm sure we have some overlap. I'm sure um, we do. So my, so my criteria was... I just went on like a betting site and found the odd, like the MVP odds and anyone who was like 20 to one or higher. um, I considered a dark horse. So that eliminated, um, you know, the usual suspects, um, Tom Brady. Let's see. Let's see if I can find that. Shoot. Uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Um. Joe Burrow, 
Matthew Stafford, all the people you'd expect. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know, the two best quarterbacks in the league. Um, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. Those guys were all excluded from my personal analysis. If you want to make an argument for any of those guys as a dark horse, I'm all ears. That was just my anyone under 20 to 1 odds. I just eliminated immediately because – I don't know. Let me read those names again. So Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, and Dak Prescott. If any of those guys won MVP, I don't think anyone would really be surprised. No, I completely agree. And you and I were kind of texting a little bit back and forth. And even like some of the guys like below 20, 20 to one, like argue that there's still like a really good chance that they can win it if they have just like, a solid year. Um, but I think there were some circumstances last year. Um, so it's like, I don't know, but like, obviously like those guys are sure. Right. Like, yeah, you wouldn't be shocked one bit if they came out and won it. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there are some on there, like, I don't know, maybe like Dak Prescott, if he wanted, I, I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be a little surprised because I just, I don't know. I don't think the Cowboys are going to be as good as they were last year. Um, and even last year, I think they just took the division. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, that's beside the point. Um, he's not on my list anyway. So um, All right. uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go my, yeah, okay. I'll go with one. Um, Derek Carr. Okay. I hate you. That was my first one. You suck. Yeah. All right. So it's probably for the the same. Just, I mean, that offense was already pretty good last year, especially like given like the circumstances, with just like the whole Gruden situation. And it's just like they still made the playoffs. They have a great tight end. Um, They already have good receivers. They have a good running back. And it's just like now you add Devontae Adams, and it's just like, that's like a next level offense right there. Um, and he's got so many weapons that he's going to be able to put up some, some points and put up some big numbers as long as they can protect him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have the same notes. Um, in addition to that, the last time he had an elite wide receiver, like a number one wide receiver was Amari Cooper from 2015 to 2017. And in 2016, he was he came in third in MVP voting. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that season. He got hurt in like week 14 or something like that and missed the playoffs, and they lost in the first round in the wild card. Um, but, like, they were really good that year. Um, if he doesn't get hurt, I think they win at least a couple, at least one, maybe two games. I, I don't remember totally. Um, I don't watch a ton of Raiders games, but I remember them being good that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the last, I mean, besides Amari Cooper, can you name a single like elite wide receiver that he's played with in their prime? Cause he played with Crabtree. Crabtree was really mm-hmm. good in his prime, but he wasn't as good when he was with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't think of anybody. I guess yeah. they were good. His was, it was his rookie year, right? It was Del Rio? his second. I think it was his second or third year when. Okay. Del Rio is the coach. Twelve and four with Del Rio, yeah. Do they have any good 
I don't remember it like I remember the defense being good if I remember right, but I don't remember the offense having like a bunch of dudes, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean he they had Cooper and Crabtree. Um okay. like I said, I mean like I said, he Carr was third in MVP voting, so their offense was pretty good. Oh, so that, okay, that's the um, year you're referencing. I guess I, I, feel I think like so. I think okay. so. Let me um let me let me let me look it up. Why do I feel like he started a lot sooner than that? He started, I think, in 14. Okay. Hold on. I'm getting back to the 2014 season. All right. 2014. Yeah, that was his first year, 2014, and they went 3-13. and 13. Oh, yeah. Not good. Yeah, not good. Um, <laughs> but 2015... They went seven and nine, so they turned it around big time. And that was Del Rio's first year in 2015. Okay, so they won four more games. That's yeah, that's a pretty quick turnaround to take more than double your wins. And mm-hmm. Carr, this was 15. Let's see how did Carr play in 15? And this was, yeah, this was his first year with Cooper. And Cooper won like Offensive Rookie of the Year. He had a thousand yards, mm-hmm. six touchdowns. Like he was really good. Um, Crabtree also almost had a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. Dang. Um, yeah. So Derek Carr threw almost 4,000 yards, 32 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. And he went to the pro bowl that year. So he had a good year. Yeah. Um, that year, um, you could argue his two best. Yeah, definitely. His two best statistical seasons were when he actually had an elite wide receiver. Like imagine that mm-hmm. you have someone to throw to <laughs> and you're a better quarterback. Um, and then 2016 was his, the year he came in third. Okay. Um, and he had 4,000 yards, 29 touchdowns and seven interceptions. That was a really good year. Um, yeah. And Cooper had, let's see. Cooper had 83 catches for 1,153 yards and only five touchdowns. That's the hmm. thing with Amari Cooper. He never seems to have a high touchdown count. It's, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. But anyway, but he, but mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. And that's why he was one of, one of my dark horse MVP candidates. He's my number one, like far and away, my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, he already was playing good football with you know Hunter Renfro as his best as his best option and Hunter Renfro is not a not a bad wide receiver. He's a good wide receiver, but he's not a number 1 wide receiver in this league. No. Um but as a 2, Hunter Renfro is he's a real good number 2. I like him as a number 2. And then throw in Darren Waller and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you could argue he has the the best weapons in the league. You could make the argument Mm-hmm. So next to the Seahawks, yeah. but oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Metcalf and Lockett. That's that's pretty good. No, that... and they got uh, who'd they get from the Broncos? Uh, Fant. Oh no, Fant. No Fant. He's a good yeah. tight too. So mm-hmm. they do actually have decent weapons, but their offensive line sucks. And Drew Lock will tear it up though. Oh yeah, we're all on board on Drew Locke now. So, um, let me give one. 
I guess I kind of you gave that one and I kind of took it and mm-hmm. ran with it as well. No, it's fine. Any, That's perfect. Do you have anything do you have anything else you wanted to say on Derek Carr? No, I think yeah, I think like you said, I think he was kind of like the clear number one just I think with the addition to Devontae Adams. So I think we I think we covered him pretty good between the yeah. two of us. Yeah. Um one thing I one uh asterisk, I guess, to this pick for me is the offensive line. Their offensive line is like bottom third is generous. Like they have a bat off. If they can figure it out and piece some things together, then, you know, I mean, Russell Wilson compensated for bad offensive lines for years in Seattle. So you can do it. um, But if the offensive line can hold up, I I think Derek Carr is going to have an awesome season. But that's mm-hmm. the one question I have is offensive line. Um, my next one is Jalen Hurts. Ooh, that's interesting. Did you, did you have him? Did you have him down? Were you? I gonna... didn't. I wasn't going to no? see him okay. at all. Cool. All wanna, right. Cool. So we have. Here, I want to hear this. Yeah, we have some diversity here. All right. So um, PFF came out with their 2022 offensive line rankings, and the Eagles are number one. Um, they have a really good offensive line, which for someone like Jalen Hurts is important. He runs the ball, um, like designed runs. Um, I just think he's going to take another step forward. Um, we've seen someone who plays kind of like Jalen in Lamar Jackson win the MVP. Um, I think Lamar is more dynamic with his legs but I think Jalen is a more natural thrower of the football. Um, and I think they're similar in, in a sense that they, they both have something to prove. Like they both came into the league doubted big time. Um, and I think Jalen just strikes me as a guy who works harder than everybody else. Um, and that's what I've, that's what I've heard through college as well. Um, that he was just a hardworking guy. Um, I think he's going to take a big step forward. They picked up AJ Brown. Um, I think AJ Brown's a really good wide receiver, and that's going to help him develop a lot. Devontae Smith is going to be, you know, another year of experience. Miles Sanders is a decent running back. Um, they have a decent chance to win the NFC East if they win 11, 12 games, and um, you know they're like the two or the three seed. Um, and Jalen Hurts has a good year, he's going to be up there in MVP, in MVP voting. Um, and I don't think it's crazy to to say. He doesn't have to have massive passing stats. He ran for like almost 800 yards last year. Mm-hmm. So, And he missed two games. So I think it was like 700-something. But yeah, I like Jalen Hurts. I, I think he's going to have a really good year. I like it. He's so... Weird. I have um, for my number two. So I think maybe catch you off guard a little bit because this is not a quarterback. Um, Derek Henry. Mm, I had him. I had him down. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's the best chance for a running back to win it. Um, I mean, twenty twenty had two thousand two thousand rushing yards. Last year he was probably on pace to beat it, and then he got he got hurt. Um, and he's being he finished strong. in ninth 
in in rushing yards. Yeah, he and he missed the year. <laughs> it's insane. So it's just like and the 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 thing that's crazy is just like he's a lot faster than I think people give him credit for for somebody who's that big and is just like cruising down. I think if he can stay healthy. I think the Titans have a decent enough O-line where they can probably just kind of give him a little bit of space and he could at least just like plow his way through for like five yards, right? And I think with the way defenses are built in the NFL now, they're never really not built to take a beating from somebody like Derrick Henry 40 times a game, right? It's more of get out to the flat, at least from the linebacker position, right? Get out to the flats, you know, cover the like cover the, the running back coming out of the backfield. Um they're, they're definitely more agile. Like you don't see like the Brian Urlachers or like the Ray Lewis's anymore. I think probably the closest thing to that is like Bobby Wagner. <laughs> yeah. uh, you just don't see those types of linebackers anymore. Um, definitely a lot smaller, a lot fat. I mean, they're faster, but they're, they're definitely a lot smaller. So I think he's kind of just built where it's, if he could stay healthy, I couldn't imagine him not, I mean, not. I mean, if he stays healthy, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he had another 2,000, 2000 rushing yard season. Um, especially now that the Titans got rid of AJ Brown, they're getting rid of who has gone to. It, so it's just like, they don't really have any good wide receivers. So he's kind of like their only offensive option. So he's going to get the ball a ton. Um. So I don't know. I I, I think he's got a pretty good chance of, of winning. I, for He's got the best chance for a non-quarterback to win it, in my opinion. Well, yeah, he's the only non-quarterback I had on my list. I think with Derrick Henry, it's going to have to be a combination of like 2,000 yards, like over 2,000 yards, like over 15 touchdowns, and the Titans win the division. Mm-hmm. Like he's gonna have to like truly carry the team where it's like, oh my gosh, like they were down two scores and Derrick Henry ripped off two sixty yard touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. stuff like that where it's like we we can't not vote this guy the as the MVP. Um that's kind of the season it has to be. And that sounds like totally insane, but for Derrick Henry, it's not. Like he could do mm-hmm. it. Um he, he is ridiculous. And yeah, he doesn't look like he's running that fast because he's so huge. Mm-hmm. But then you, you he's like gaining <laughs> on corners. I'm like, wait, why are you gaining on the cornerback? <laughs> You're like 80 pounds bigger than him. Yeah. No, it's insane. <laughs> maybe, not, maybe not 80, but but man, he's like, what, probably 260? Probably. 250, 260? Yeah. And Six. outrunning corners mm-hmm. who are maybe 210. Yeah, but also running over linebackers, like yeah, yeah. It's not it's not like he's just running by. He's not like a Tyreek Hill, or he's just like literally just running by people. Like he's like, okay, I'm gonna run by you, and then I'm gonna run you over at the same time. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll we'll never see Derrick Henry again. We'll never see a Derrick Henry again. Hmm. We, we've seen guys in the league who are as big as Derrick Henry. Like remember. Uh, 
There's like Brandon Jacobs from the Brandon Giants. Jacobs. That was the name I had in my head, but I yeah. couldn't think of that. Like he reminds me of Brandon Jacobs and his size, but Brandon mm-hmm. Jacobs was not as fast as Derrick Henry. No, not even close. It's like it's like Brandon Jacobs' size with like Chris Johnson's speed. It's like what the <laughs> heck? What is going on yeah. here? So yeah, we'll never see. He, he's a rare breed, like one mm-hmm. of a kind. Yeah, yeah. Derrick Henry, I like that pick. Uh, let's see who do I got next. Uh, this is a, this is a, this one's a deep cut, but I don't, this is the second time I'm going to boost, I'm going to boost this guy up on the pod and, uh, it might come back. It could very well come back to bite me. Cause we have no idea if this guy's even good, but Trey Lance, <laughs> um, hear me yes. out. Just hear, hear me out from a, from a. Just from like a everything around him perspective, mm-hmm. that's that's really what I'm what I'm banking on here. The Niners went to the NFC Championship game with with Jimmy G, who is an average quarterback. Um, he's not a top ten guy. Um, he's top fifteen, top twenty. He's an average quarterback in the league. Um, that's all Trey Lance has to be for them to be a contender. If he takes a step up and plays better than Jimmy G, then they're going to be Super Bowl favorites and he's the quarterback for the Super Bowl favorite. That's a pretty good recipe for NFL MVP. Um I think his rushing stats even if he's struggle even even if he's average in the passing game his rushing stats are going to be there because Shanahan loves to run the ball. They have a good offensive line. They have Debo. They have Elijah Mitchell who can kind of, you know, open up lanes for him. Uh-huh. Um, first of all, can we just talk about how hard that rushing attack is going to be to stop with Trey Lance as the quarterback? Yeah. You got Debo okay. Samuels out wide receiver who rushed for like a thousand yards last year. Maybe not that yeah. much, but like, yeah, a quite lot. a few and towards the like end of four, the year, like 400 yards rushing as a receiver, which is crazy. And those all probably came in the last like four weeks of the season. Yeah, I felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> and Elijah Mitchell's really good. Yeah. Um, good offensive line. Kyle Shanahan's a great play caller. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I just he he has that that draft stock. We're gonna see real quick if he's good or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying if he lives up to the number three pick. Like he's on a really good team. Yeah. He could easily he could easily be the MVP if he if he plays up to his, you know, what we think he could be. That's why I have him as not my, you know, MVP favorite, but a dark horse. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like he could be up there. Cause the thing is, is like, do I think over the span of an entire career is Trey Lance or Trevor Lawrence gonna be better? I'd probably bank on Trevor Lawrence. I would definitely bank on Trevor Lawrence, even after his rookie season. But Trevor Lawrence is on the Jags, and Trey Lance is on the Niners. So, like, right now, I would probably rather bet on Trey Lance this year than Trevor Lawrence because the Jags are – I mean, maybe they'll win a few more games, but they're not going to be contenders. They don't have enough mm-hmm. – they don't have enough weapons. No, I agree. All right, can we take a moment just to kind of appreciate what the 49ers did, though? I feel like from just like a – 
GM like player standpoint, right? It's like, I mean, they could trade Jimmy G this year, right, and, and be completely fine. But then you have a, a quarterback on a, a Super Bowl caliber team on a rookie contract. Like that is like beside besides the Bucks and the Patriots the last ten years, that's been like the bread and butter of how to make it to the Super Bowl, right? You get a, a a solid quarterback on a rookie contract and you build around him, right? And so it's just like, okay, they have all the pieces around them. They just need somebody to come come in there and like you said, play a little better than Jimmy G, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just like if Trey Lance can can live up to his potential, like I definitely like I like I like the pick, even though it's like he's probably played less than 100 snaps in the NFL. Like if he comes out and, and can run the football and, and can throw the football decently, and they win a lot of games, like it's hard to keep him out of that conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Um, but to what you just said about the mm-hmm. like the the GM and coaching and like draft choices. Mm-hmm. Um, Debo, Brandon, Ayuk, George Kittle, Fred Warner. Uh, I mean, Nick Bosa. Yeah. Literally all drafted. Like mm-hmm. everyone good on their team was drafted. They didn't go pick up free agency. They didn't have trades. Like they're mm-hmm. really good at drafting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't, Oh, they, got, they got George Kittle in the fifth round. It's just – and he's – I mean, when he's healthy, mm-hmm. he's a top three tight end in the league. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, done. well done, 49ers. Yeah. We don't like him. Uh, yeah. That, that, they, that, that's tough. That's tough to say. Well done, but ran, it's like you got to appreciate well. what they've done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They definitely so. draft better than the Seahawks. That's for sure. Absolutely, especially like the last five years. Yeah, well, that's oh. when they've gotten like all of these guys. Is the last five years. So mm-hmm. if Trey Lance hits, if Trey Lance is a dude, mm-hmm. then the Niners need to start getting some serious respect for the way they draft. Yeah, hundred percent agree. They should. They already should, but especially if Trey Lance hits. Yeah. All right, who do you – I would. I did the last – yeah, I did Trey Lance. Who do you got? Do you have any more? I got one more. You're going to hate it. Kirk Cousins. Right. You got Jefferson. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Okay. But I want to hear your explanation. I mean, he's got good weapons around him, right? He's got Thielen and Jefferson. Jefferson, this is going to be his third year in the league now? Yes. That's okay. Point. So it's like he's – like as a receiver, right? He's in, like almost like in his prime, right? Like maybe years like four and five, or when you'd consider a receiver in their prime. So he's like top wide receiver, pretty much entering his prime season. Thielen, him, like him and Thielen have good chemistry. So it's like they have, and you also have Dalvin Cook. If he can stay healthy at the running back position, right? You can run the ball, you can throw it. And he's also getting rid of Mike Zimmerman, who is a defensive minded coach, right? You get yeah. somebody in there who's got an offensive mind, who's going to spread the field out, have a little more modern play calling. Like he had some pretty good seasons the last couple of years. Granted, they didn't result in a lot of wins or too many playoff appearances, but like, I also wouldn't say that was on Kirk Cousins either, right? Like, I know he's kind of defense is terrible. Yeah, yeah defense is terrible. 
and it's like which is kind of interesting with the defensive minded coach, but um, ask Pete Carroll. But yeah, <laughs> um, but I think it's just like yeah, you put him in the right situation. Like he's proven that he's a good quarterback in the NFL, and it's like he's got the weapons. You get in the right coach, and you get somebody who's calling the right plays. Like I. If he plays well, like a little better than he has the last couple of years, like I can't imagine him, his name not being thrown out in the MVP yeah. race, especially if the Vikings are winning. I think that's the biggest <laughs> thing. If they're winning and he's putting up good numbers, it's hard. It's hard to argue that, right? Um, uh, that's basically all the MVP is. Yeah, it's like if you're the one or the two seed and you have some of the best stats in the league, you're mm-hmm. the MVP. That's a, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you do in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That was a shot. Yeah. Just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say yeah, but... all like, even though we're doing an entire episode on who the NFL MVP is going to be, the only one I really care about is Super Bowl MVP. So that's, and we all know that's going to be Drew Locke this year. So that's right. Super Bowl MVP is also a little deceiving too, because like when the Seahawks won it, Malcolm yeah. Smith was the was the winner, right? And it was like that dude was like a second stringer linebacker for like so many years, and then it was just like he just happened to be like literally in the right spot at the right time for right. like three plays, and it was just yeah. like, oh, let's give him the MVP. And it was like, hmm, just because he had an interception and a, or was it a, a two interceptions and a fumble recovery or vice versa? But regardless, yeah. it was just like. You just got extremely lucky on all three of those plays. And you got the Super Bowl play. The interception was a good play. Because one of them was like a pick six, wasn't it? Right? I think you're right. The Seahawks scored a lot of points in that game. (laughs) Yeah, they did. (laughs) That was a shot at the Broncos. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I agree. I think most of the time, though, that the Super Bowl MVP is the right, the right person. Like last mm-hmm. last year, Coop, I think Cooper Cup was the right choice. No, um, I agree. You you could have said Aaron Donald, but like Cooper Cup was the right choice for the whole season. Like everything he did that year. Um, obviously, Aaron, if Aaron Donald would have gotten it, no one would be up in arms about it. But I think Cooper Cooper Cup was the right choice, especially what he did that last drive. Like, oh yeah. He just took over. I mean, he he literally took over. And it's just like, if he didn't, if he wouldn't have done that, like, you could argue that they might have lost that game, right? Um, so I think for what well, he did towards. Have, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, no, I like the Kirk Cousins pick. I think the fact that they're bringing in, they like you said, they're bringing in an offensive minded head coach. Um, Everything I've heard is they've just completely changed the offense and everyone's super excited about it. Um, I think Justin Jefferson after this year is going to be considered the best receiver in the league. I think he's really good. Um, He's already considered probably a top five receiver in the league right now. Um, And I think, I think he's going to take the mantle after this year. I think he's going to be that good. Mm -hmm. Um. And yeah, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook obviously is a stud. Had him feeling. Um, I think their tight end. Oh, I'm totally Ir, Irv Smith. 
I believe. I think you're right. Uh, he was getting like some serious hype going into last year, and then he got hurt and missed the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's supposed to be good too. So, <laughs> so string of if bad the luck. defense can hold up, yeah, right. So, anyway, I like that pick though. I don't. I don't hate it at all. And I don't have anything against oh. Kirk Cousins. If he goes out and has an MVP type season, and they go and you know play in the NFC Championship game, or even go to the Super Bowl. Like I'll think a lot differently of him. I, he just hasn't really done much outside of putting up some, you know, decent stats. So, um, I don't have anything against him. He seems like a great guy. Um, uh, okay, I'll do one. Did I start or did you start? You started, right? We both kind of started because we both picked um, Derek Carr. But yeah, then you, I did you, you, you. Yeah, and then you did Derek. And then you did uh, Derek Henry. Derek Henry. And I did Trey Lance. Yeah. All right, I'll do one then, more. Okay. And then, yeah. Um, there you yeah, go. That will... Yeah. Go for um, it. I'm thinking about. I have two people in my head: Lamar Jackson and Matt Ryan. And I think I'm going to go with Matt Ryan because it's a more of a dark horse. Lamar Jackson technically could be considered a dark horse this year. Um, um, He lost arguably his best receiver. Um, If he goes and wins MVP, I would be very impressed. That would be an incredible year. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan just because he's getting old. Um, It's obviously his his chances aren't great, especially going to a team that's centered around Jonathan Taylor. Um, but he's going to a team that's ready to win right now. If he throws for 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns and eight picks, I wouldn't be surprised if he was, you know, in the, he would be in the MVP conversation. And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility for Matt Ryan. Do you? Mm-mm. No, I don't think so one bit. So I think he's still got a couple years in him. I think he's just been in a crappy situation in Atlanta. But um, I think he's still a good quarterback. I, I've heard rumblings that they might bring in Julio. I don't know how much that would really push the needle, but he you know, already has rapport with him. So mm-hmm. um, obviously uh, Michael Pittman will have another year. Of, you know, has another year of experience or was he a rookie last year? I think he was. I think he, yeah. was. he was a rookie last year. So he's got a year of experience under his belt. Now, typically second year wide receivers are better than first year wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be the case with him. Um, so yeah, I think Matt Ryan's got an outside chance of, you know, winning an MVP, but so mm-hmm. all these guys, that's why they're dark horses. <laughs> So, yeah, he's one, my last pick. One, I, I, I like the pick. One thing I, because I kind of struggled be. I think Ryan has been a much better quarterback. But I'm looking at the, the um, and they just don't, like, they have a great offensive line. They obviously have, like, probably the best running back, second best running back in the league, Jonathan Taylor, but, like, 
outside of that, they don't really have a whole lot of options. Like their best option is a second year receiver who didn't really play super great last year to begin with. Um, he was so pretty was good. Like, he had like a he had like a thousand yards, didn't he? Did he? I know I drafted him for fantasy. I know I drafted him for fantasy, and I think I dropped him after like week three. <laughs> I should have not doing a little time. longer. No, he he ended up playing a little better. Um, okay. Yeah, he had a thousand yards and six touchdowns. That's for a rookie. That's oh, that's pretty yeah, good. that is good. Okay, I take that comment back. Um, and he started. He, oh wait, that was his second year. What? Huh? How? I don't remember him. I thought he left SC. That yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, this is his second year. So this is his third year wow. now in twenty twenty two. Oh, interesting. So, but I I agree. Their mm-hmm. weapons are not mm-hmm. are not elite, um, and I think Kirk Cousins is a better pick because he has better weapons. Um, their offense is going to be much more pass happy, whereas I think the Colts are really going to rely on Jonathan Taylor. Not that they have to, but he's a stud. So why wouldn't mm-hmm. you? Um, so yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is a better pick. I like Kirk Cousins. Better than Matt Ryan this year. So that does it for Dark Horses, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Minus obviously the uh the one think, and only Drew Locke. Drew Locke's the clear yeah. clear pick here. Clear winner yeah. of Dark Horses. Chris Sims came out with a like a quarterback list, like one to forty. And he had Drew Locke number 40. <laughs> I saw that. And then Behind it was Gino like, Smith. I was cracking up because Geno Smith didn't even make the top 30 or 32. I was like, how is that even possible? Yeah. And it was the 49ers. Yeah. They had Trey Lance ahead of both Geno Smith and um, oh, yeah. Drew Locke, or Trey Lance and Jimmy G. I was like, man, whose backup do I think is better than the Seahawks' starter? Yeah. Drew Locke, man, he's going to get some people fired. Not on, on the, the Broncos. Seahawks, though. Yeah, on he's the gonna Broncos. Chris, he's going to get Chris Sims fired. <laughs> I think some people on the Broncos will get um, fired, too, especially if the Broncos have a bad year. Yeah. I don't think they're going to have a bad year, though. I think Russ is going to be really good. Um, should we talk college football? Let's do it. So I have a list of like 14 games. We won't go through that many, <laughs> but I'll just go, th- we'll just go through, we'll just go through some that we're excited about. Um, and I have them ranked from most excited to least excited, but I'm excited for all of these games on my list because they're awesome games. I kind of focus more on non-conference games. Um, cause we know like, you know, uh, you know, Alabama and help me out here. Who's an SEC Georgia. West? Well, will they play Georgia in the regular season though? I don't think they will. Oh, like Auburn maybe? I don't think they do. Auburn. Play Auburn? That? Yeah. Okay. Like we, well, Auburn's not supposed to be very good this year. Whatever. Let's just say, yeah, Alabama-Auburn. Yeah. Like we know Alabama-Auburn is usually a fun game to watch. But like everyone knows that. So I, I tried to mm-hmm. stay away from games like that. And try to focus more on non-conference stuff that 
you know, like look for this game because it doesn't usually happen. Um, what what kind of, what did you kind of look for? I was kind of thinking of the same thing, especially like just like unique matchups. Um, and it's just like there's a lot of good college football t- programs. Because, like some of these, it's like the team, like one team might not be super great right now, but like it's like these teams haven't met up in like 100 years. And it's just like, okay, this is going to be yeah. kind of interesting to watch. Because um, it's just like the hmm. two kind of powerhouses that are meeting up for the first time in a, in a while. Um, yeah. And just, you know, I think also just like the rankings, right? You know, I think if there's two, whenever there's two top non-conference teams kind of going at it, like that's always going to draw some attention there. Yeah. So. Or two like big brands that usually don't yeah. play against each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do you got first? Good question. Or any of them. I mean, it doesn't have to be yeah. like in any particular order. Just what, what, uh, one that kind of jumps, jumps out at me and just because they're probably going to get smoked is the uh, Oregon Georgia game. September 3rd. I don't know what to think about that game. Yeah. Because. Uh, Georgia, I feel like especially last year, and I don't know how many like I'm not a huge Georgia football fan, so I don't know like how many people they're actually returning, but like what I saw at the end of last year during like the college football te- like playoff was just, like that team is like in a different galaxy in college football compared to like some of these other programs. And it's just like Oregon I feel like especially like in certain years is like they're kind of overrated and it kind of looks like that going into this year. Um again, I'm not I don't know a ton about either team, but to me, it's just like I would not mind seeing a Oregon Duck massacre on on September third. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I don't know. It's so early in the season, too. Yeah. Like some sometimes, you know, last year Oregon beat Ohio State at the Horseshoe, but later in the year it was like okay, like. Yeah, Oregon beat Ohio State, but Ohio State is clearly the better team. They just got them on a bad day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Ohio State started the season off slow and then got hot. Look what we all expected. Mm-hmm. That could happen. That could happen. Um, I didn't have that. I have that game on my list. Um, but in terms of how I have it ranked, I have it like number 11 out of 14 of oh, games that I'm excited about. Um, not because it's not – it's preference. Mm-hmm. I don't really love watching Georgia play. I think they're boring. Um, I don't like watching teams who are defensive, like defensive minded. Um, you don't have fun watching boring. a defense just absolutely dominate an offense for like three quarters. No, really, not at all. It's not fun. Oh, it's man. not fun for me. Not even it's Oregon. That's like the big. I just thing. picture I, myself I, as the what? Yeah, because like. I don't know. Like, I think Oregon Duck fans are are very obnoxious, and I think you would agree with us as well. So it's just like to start the college oh, football SEC. year off, right? You know, oh, okay. SEC fans are kind of annoying too. Um, the games at Georgia to see Oregon to see, to see Georgia just whoop up on the Ducks week one. I don't know. I think it, and again, this is just like a game that kind of jumped out at me. I don't, I won't even necessarily say that this was like my number one 
game, like all, like non-conference game. It was just like yeah. one that was kind of like scrolling through, and it was just like, oh, this one kind of catches my eye. Um, you don't have to def- you don't have to like defend it. Mm-hmm. I think this is an awesome matchup. It, mm-hmm. it hopefully it's an awesome game. The only reason I had it low is because I don't like watching Stetson Bennett play quarterback. So I don't really <laughs> want to watch Georgia play. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care all the people who are like, oh, but look at like look at his stats last year. He like played really good football. It's like, yeah, but when I watch him play, he looks like Uncle Rico. So like, no, <laughs> I don't want to watch Stetson Bennett play football. He's just not a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. College quarterback. But he's he's not fun to watch. I don't turn on the TV and like, wow that guy is going to tear it up on Sundays. Like, no, <laughs> he's going to play for Georgia and he's never going to touch a football field again. Watch that. Watch him go and just be like, win eight Super Bowls. And this, someone <laughs> finds this, someone finds this soundbite and it goes viral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking to it. There's no yeah. way he wins eight Super Bowls unless no. he's the backup the whole time. Um, gotta go viral okay. for something. But yeah, that's the that's the only reason. When I when I saw mm-hmm. what you gotta go viral viral for something, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, um, mm-hmm. Stephen A. and um, Skip Bayless. I mean, ninety percent of what they're famous for is just saying things that are kind of stupid. So mm-hmm. whatever. More so, Skip. I think Stephen A. has good has good takes, but um, but they're just kind of like it's kind of like clickbait, you know? Mm-hmm, so, exactly. Yeah. Trying to get some clickbait no, here. No, or- Oregon, Georgia. <laughs> that's a that's a cool what? I was like, we're trying to get some clickbait here. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> yeah. Now, Oregon, Georgia. That's a good matchup. I for sure it jumped off the page for me too. Uh, just the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, but I just don't turn on the TV to watch Georgia play. I just mm-hmm. don't find them to be all that interesting. I was like hoping so hard when they got dominated by Alabama in the SEC championship game that the playoff committee would leave Georgia out. Yeah, no. It, clearly, they should have been in it. But I was just hoping they'd leave them out <laughs> to watch them play. Um, all right, my number one game i'm excited to watch is alabama at texas oh that's a good one um two two obviously huge brands um texas's quarterback quinn ewers um is supposed to be pretty dang good um you know sark in his second year against you know his mentor if you want to call him that nick saban um, Nick Saban seems to be everyone's mentor these days. Um, but the fact that it's at Texas, I think makes it more interesting. If it was at Alabama, I think that'd be trouble for Texas. But the fact that it's a home game, um, I think games at Texas are cool. Um, I don't really know why, but it just seems like a cool place to play. Um, it's going to be a big noon kickoff on Fox. Um, those are just big games. There's a lot of hype around them. So, yeah, I think it could be a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. I think it would be fun to watch. That, those are the games I want to watch. I want to see offense. I don't want to watch a 10-3 to 3 game. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> did, you watch, did you watch the Clemson-Georgia game last year? I didn't. Don't. I, I, don't go back and watch it. 
Okay. Was it 10 to 3? It was 10 to 3. It was terrible. <laughs> One of the worst games I've ever watched. It was horrible. <laughs> I didn't enjoy a single minute of it. Um, so when you ask me if I like watching a defense dominate, go and watch that game, and I think you'll rethink that. Because when two defenses are dominating, then it's like, what am I even watching? Yeah, like, I agree. It's all... It's got to be one defense only that that's dominant. Like I think of like the Seahawks. Like when I made that statement, like the Seahawks back, like when they won the Super Bowl and like the years like after and like the year before, right? Like that Seahawks defense was actually like pretty fun to watch. Um, yeah, but they were our team. They were our team, though. That's different. Even like if I'm just watching, yeah. If I'm watching a casual, if I'm casually watching the game, I have no vested interest. I don't want to. I don't want to watch. Georgia blowout Oregon. I want to see a good game. I want to see a close mm-hmm. game because I have no skin in the game. I don't care who wins. I like it. No, I. So. And I agree. I think offensive games are definitely more fun, but it's also fun to just see some defensive guys get after it. Just to I don't know, change things up because I feel like if your defense is just like completely dominating, like it's really not a whole lot the other team can do. Um. But it's like you said, like, do you get two defense routes going at it? It's like, okay, like, I'll watch the the five-minute highlights after the game because it's literally just going to be, like, field goals and maybe a couple punts <laughs> the whole game. Yeah, so yeah those, those games are boring. I agree with that. But I like, I like your Texas-Alabama pick because I definitely had that one marked as well. Um and it's been a very long time since these team, two teams have played. Um, typically, it's usually just during the the bowl season, too. Um, yeah. So, is Texas going to be any good this year? I know you mentioned they had a good quarterback, They're supposed to but be. okay. They're supposed to be pretty good. Yeah. Are they ranked? I don't. I don't know if they'll be like they're not, they're not supposed to be necessarily Alabama level. Okay. But on any given week, you know, a mm-hmm. top 10, top 15 team could take down number 1. Mm-hmm. You know, all it takes is just Alabama to be a little off. And this is week 2. Yeah. So, anything could anything could happen week 2. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. So, no, I like that pick. That's a that's a good one. Definitely had it on the list too. Yeah. What you got next? Next one that just jumps out at me, and I feel like classic rivalry is the uh, Notre Dame Ohio State. Both teams are. Mm, that was my number. That top. was my number. So yeah, both both teams are ranked in the five and six currently. Um, I feel like that's just like when you think of college football, like can't think of that, like can't mention that like matchup. Um, so I just think it'll be a fun game. Both teams are good. Um, it's early in the year. Is it? I'm trying to think. Has it been a little bit since those last two, these guys have played each other too? I, I feel think like never, so. I can't. Rem- I, I can't recall them playing recently. Yeah, I can't either. Um, so it'll be. I think this will be a, a good. Like both teams are good. Um, it's going to be out of Ohio State, which I always feel like there's just 
like I mean, both stadiums are, are definitely like iconic, but like I feel like there's something just different about um, just games being played at Ohio State. I feel like there's always just like a little bit of a, a different energy there. Um, early on, both teams are good, so I think that'll that'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I like it. It's a good pick. Um, it looks like they've only played six times total. Really? Um, yeah. Notre, Ohio State's won the last four. I think oh. the last time they played, it looks like it was 2016. Yeah, 2016 was the last time they played. Urban Meyer was was the head coach, and Brian Kelly was the head coach. And that was, uh, I think that was actually a bowl game. I think that was a bowl game. It says it was in Glendale, so I think it was. Was that the first college football playoff playoff game? Might have been. 2016 Ohio State versus Notre Dame. January 1st. It was a Fiesta Bowl. I don't think it. I don't think it was a play. I don't think it was the playoff. Huh? No. Because oh. it says uh, number seven, Ohio State. So they wouldn't have been in the yeah. playoff. Mm-mm. Number seven against number eight. But that was the last time they played. And it's like Notre Dame got waxed. So. Um, <laughs> Hopefully that hopefully that happens again. I'm excited to watch this game in hopes that Notre Dame loses by like 80. So <laughs> um, that would be very fun to watch. So you had a very, you had a very similar. It... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say. So yeah, your feelings about how I, I'm thinking of the the Oregon Georgia game is that how you think about this game towards Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, I, I root for Pac 12 basically above all except for like, you know, SC and BYU. Like, obviously, I'm not rooting for another Pac 12 school against SC, but, um, but like, I'll root for Oregon basically any week unless they're playing SC. Um, cause I'm just, I'm sick of the SEC. Um, I wish the Pac-12 was better. So I'll be rooting for Oregon in that game, 100%. But you're you're like a kind of a low-key Washington fan, right? Yeah. So you can't be a Washington mm-hmm. fan and have any love for Oregon. So Exactly. Yeah. All right, my next pick is the University of Miami at Texas A&M week three. Ooh. Um, I don't know if Crystal Ball is going to be able to turn it around, how quickly he's going to be able to turn it around at the U. Um, but I think he's a good coach. Um, I don't know what their recruiting class ended up being, what kind of talent they have coming in, but I think they'll be more competitive than they've been the last couple of years or a couple of years. How about like the last 20 years? <laughs> um, basically since that, you know, what's his face? Uh, 
You remember their quarterback that won like he only lost like one game? Do you remember? It was I like uh, like Jeremy Shockey was on those teams. Uh, who was that? Oh, if you said Ed it, Reed, I think was on those teams. That yeah. uh, team was. Like, they were so. Oh, uh, what was who's that receiver? Uh, Andre Johnson that played yeah, for Andre Johnson was the on Texans. He was, and he was super good. Um, who was the Willis McGahey? That was yeah. The, Willis McGahey. Um, who was there? Devin uh, Hester. Wasn't Devin Hester on those teams too? Ah, dude, they had so many good players. And then they had like the weakest um, quarterback. <laughs> What was, was that dude? I used to know this. No, too. he wasn't weak. He was really he was really good in college. He just didn't end up. Ken Dorsey. There we go. Oh my gosh! Yes. No, he was he was good, but he was good because he was throwing to Andre Johnson, Jeremy Shockey, and he had Clinton Portis at running back. And geez, Jonathan <laughs> Vilma was on that team. Goodness. And these aren't just guys who are good in college. Like these guys were good in the NFL, like really good. That's crazy. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for Miami at AM. I just like these big brands. I think Miami's going to be more competitive with Cristobal. AM's obviously going to be good. Any game at Texas AM is fun to watch. That crowd is just crazy. Um, and it holds like I think like a hundred and ten thousand people or something like that. Um, it's a huge stadium. Um, and they get super loud. So that should be a fun game. Um, maybe it shouldn't be that high, this high on my list, but I don't know. Whenever I see, maybe I think more highly of Miami because when we were like in our early childhood, they were so good. And I remember watching them on TV and thinking like, wow, this is like the coolest, you know, like the coolest team ever. Um, They've been largely irrelevant since then, but I still kind of think highly of the Miami brand. No, I agree. They definitely have a great college football brand. Like, regardless of how good they are, like, because like you said, they've definitely had some, like, bad years. But, like, whenever I think of Miami, like, I think of those, like, early 2000 teams. And then it's just, like, I think just, like, too, it's, like, not only were they good at college football, but, like, everybody from – not – Everybody, but almost everybody from that team had like a successful like NFL career too. And it's just yeah. like it's except it's, for Ken Dorsey. Yeah, except for <laughs> Ken Dorsey. Um so anyway, I think it's uh I like it. Yeah. The money Miami's got a great college football brand for sure. Yeah. You wanna do like a couple more? Yeah, I got one I probably got one more. Um Okay. I know you got a lot more. Um, one that kind of jumps out at me, and it's like two big brands. That I don't even know if like this is actually even like going to be like that great of a matchup, but it's just like to me, it like screams like just kind of like historic college football matches is uh, Oklahoma and Nebraska. Hmm. Um, two I, like Midwest power programs. Um, first time that they've played played in a while. Um, it'll just be kind of interesting because you know, Oklahoma has, has historically been always a good college football program, but now it's 
Bob Stoops is gone. Lincoln Riley's gone. Um, how is that program going to react? And how is that going to kind of play on down the road? Um, it sounds like Nebraska's got some decent pieces. Uh, I don't know a ton about Nebraska football, but based on this little snippet I'm reading, it sounds like they got got some kind of up and coming players and and some pieces that could make for a good a good football program this year. Um, so that, that that could be a fun one to watch, just from the kind of like the historical side of things. The kind of yeah. two bigger brands in college football. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing I remember from Nebraska last year. Um, it's funny. We just talked about Miami. Now we're talking about Nebraska. Um, I remember them playing in the national championship in like 2000, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, super random. I don't know why I remember that. Cause I was only nine, but, uh, for some reason I remember those two teams playing. Um, but one thing I do remember about Nebraska last year is it seemed like every week they were losing in some heartbreaking fashion. Um, yeah, and mo- most of them were self-inflicted, like penalties, turnovers, stuff like that. Um, but typically when stuff like that happens, when you're losing close games like that, um, a lot of those flip. Um, and it kind of goes the other way too. If you're winning a bunch of close games, a lot of those flip too. Um, your luck or unluckiness runs out eventually. Um, so yeah, I could see Nebraska being much more competitive from a record standpoint than they were mm-hmm. last year. Last year, their record was terrible, but if you watch them play, like they were better than their record showed. So oh, I like that big. Mm-hmm. That could be a fun, fun game to watch. Um, I know I said I wasn't going to do um, conference games, but um, I'm going to throw out actually just two to finish it off. Um, one, uh, which one am I more excited to watch? I'll say Alab- uh, Texas A&M. I'm going another A&M game. Um, Texas A&M at Alabama week six. Um, no, I'll be a good one. Yeah. Just with uh, A&M winning, uh, last year at College Station. Um, so going back to Alabama, A&M should be even better this year. Um, let's see, what did I say, week six? I mean, there's a good chance that both teams are undefeated and ranked in the top 10 going into that game. Um, and at that point, if they're both undefeated, um, that game could be the difference in the SEC West. So... Mm-hmm. Um, that game's going to matter a lot. Um, if I remember right, I think after after that game, there was some trash talk between, or at least from, uh, why am I totally blanking on AM's head coach? He used to be the coach for Florida State. What's his name? Jimbo. Jimbo, Jimbo. Fisher. There we go, yeah. I was yeah, just going to bring that up if you didn't bring um, it up. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, Jimbo coached with Nick, Nick Saban. I'm just on first name basis here. Jimbo and Nick um, uh, coached together. Um, Jimbo Fisher, did you know that he was the first assistant to beat Nick Saban? 
Really? The first Nick Saban assistant to beat him. Yeah. Last year. And that was last year. Crazy. And that was last year. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Think about how long he's been, Nick Saban's been a head coach for in that. Because he started out at Michigan State, right? Or was it LSU? I remember him at LSU, but I'm sure he coached other places before L- before he got the head coach. Yeah. At LSU. It could have been Michigan State. I don't remember. Um, but he went LSU and then he went and play- he went and coached uh uh for the Dolphins for mm-hmm. I don't know, it couldn't have been more than a year or two, and then went to Alabama. And then it was Sayonara to competition in college football mm-hmm. for twenty years. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, I think that Alabama Texas A and M game is going to be huge. Um, and then another conference game, uh, USC at Utah, I think is going to be an awesome game. That's mm-hmm. week seven. Um, man, have you looked at have you looked at SC's schedule? I haven't. Pretty tough, dude. It, no, be- it is very, very easy. Um, I'm really glad SC's moving to moving to the Big Ten because uh, the Pac-12 is just hot garbage right now. Um, <laughs> watch the Pac-12. Watch like the Pac-12 schools just like start to dominate as soon as mm-hmm. SC leaves and the Big Ten goes to crap. Um, all right, so they got this is their schedule. Week one they have Rice. Week two they have Stanford, who's really down right now. Um, week three is Fresno State. That's actually a decent non-conference game. Fresno State's not a Power Five school, um, but they've actually been pretty good. I don't know how they're going to be this year, but they've been pretty good. But I digress. Then they have Oregon State, who's not very good. Arizona State, who's not very good. Washington State, Utah is their first. Like that's a that's a real game. Um, then they have Arizona, Cal, Colorado, UCLA, who's they'll probably be decent. And then Notre Dame. So, like, really, they have two like legit games on their schedule, and it's Notre Dame and Utah. I think I, SC, if they can, if they can beat Utah, and I'm not just saying this as like an SC homer, like they could be undefeated going into Notre Dame, not mm-hmm. because they're like a top five program right now, but because their schedule is so weak. Yeah. And that, that kind of sucks too, right? Because then it's like, even if they beat Notre Dame, right? Like, that's really like their only, like, big notable win of the year. And it's just like to take that to the college playoff committee, like, because USC is a big name brand, like a big brand of college football, like, they still probably get into the playoff. But, like, there's definitely going to be some, like, questions where it's like, oh, well, do we have Alabama who lost the SEC championship? go into it because like they had a like a tougher con- like schedule right um yeah and it's just like yeah you're playing all those garbage pack 12 school teams that you just mentioned um doesn't it doesn't mean really um yeah there's just not a bit a lot of big notable wins other than notre dame especially if notre dame is like undefeated going into that game as well or maybe only one loss um that's a i mean that's a huge win Utah as well. So, Utah, yeah. will be a, Utah will be a good win too. If they, oh yeah, if, Utah, if they beat yeah. Utah. I, th- I think uh, 
I mean, we have, if we want to go legal here, we have some precedent for this. Um, and it's Clemson in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, Clemson has, I mean, the ACC has a couple of decent schools right now, but um, for the past few years, it's kind of been, you know, Clemson, if they're undefeated, they're in, even though the ACC mm-hmm. is not good. Um, you know, Clemson's in. I think regardless, not even just SC, but even if Utah, if Utah goes undefeated and wins the Pac-12, they're in the playoff, no questions asked. Um, I don't think I don't think anyone's anyone's taking the Pac-12 champ undefeated out of the playoff. I think mm-hmm. that's a lock. Because um, the the committee does they care about conference championships. They care if you're undefeated. Um, those things matter to them. So if Cincinnati got in, uh, SC that's a good point. In. And so that's a good point. So. I'm surprised you didn't throw Notre Dame SC on your list because I actually kind of left that one on, on purpose for you. Um, yeah, no, that, that I did have it on my list. Okay. I actually, technically, I had it one spot higher than USC and Utah. Um, I just think SC Utah is likely going to determine the Pac-12, which, mm-hmm. which obviously is going to matter. If SC doesn't even play in the Pac-12 championship game, um, then it's really hard to get into the playoffs. So that game's really going to matter. I think if SC's 11-0 and going into the Notre Dame game and they lose by three points to like a really good Notre Dame team, I think they still maybe could get into the playoff. But if they lose to Utah and they can't even get into the Pac-12 championship, then it's real dicey, you know. But yeah, I mean, Notre Dame-SC, if they're both – in you know ranked in the top 10 and that's the final week of the season yeah that's an awesome game so anyway that's all i got cool that's all i got for college football i gotta do i'll be honest i gotta do a better job of uh watching college football this year i didn't watch a 10 last year it's kind of hard because there's so many teams right the nfl there's only 32 Baseball, there's 30-something. Same with basketball. Um, but, like, when you have, like, I don't know, each state has at least two to four schools. <laughs> you got hundreds yeah. of programs out there, right? Um, so that's that's on the agenda for this year. Yeah, it's true. It is hard, it is hard to follow. Um, I just... I grew up on college football. Oh. It's like my first, my first love in sports um, before the NFL. Um, I mean, maybe major league baseball, like with the Mariners and like Griffey and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, football is the most nostalgic sport to me. I just love it. It's my, it's my favorite sport. I get that the NFL is, is bigger. And so we'll talk more NFL like on the podcast, just because more people care about the NFL. But if I had it my way, I could do it an entire college football podcast. I definitely need to brush up on it then. <laughs> so we could talk more, more about it for you. Um, no, 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 it's fine. I love the NFL too. So mm-hmm. very cool. But all yeah. right, man. Well, who's your who's your lunch pail legend of the week? We got to start that back up. Yeah, 
Lunch pail legend of the week. Do you have one? I was gonna go with Julio Rodriguez. <laughs> just even though he didn't even win the the home run derby, it's just like it was fun to watch him. He hit like thirty more home runs than Juan Soto did, which is like for like the overall like home run derby, like definitely showed up when there's like a big stage on him. Dumb more than doubled his salary for the year too by coming in second for the home run derby. So it's like okay, like good for you. You didn't even win. You hit more home runs and you still got paid significantly well. So um yeah, and it's just like at 21 years old and making an all-star game. Like, that's pretty sweet. So, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. For sure. I like that. He he came into my head for sure. Um, in honor of the Rams receiving their Super Bowl rings, um, let me pick a Ram to be my lunch pail legend of the week. Uh, Aaron Donald, because he's mm-hmm. just the epitome of a lunch pail legend. Not like, you know, you look at him and you wouldn't think like, oh, this guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I look at Aaron Donald, I'm like, that's a dude. But he's not like the biggest defensive tackle. Not even close. Um, but he just manhandles everybody. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's the man. He, so lets his game- he received his ring, his his first ring, so he's my lunch pail legend of the week. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. He lets his game speak for him, which is great. Like, nothing more you can yeah. respect. When it's just like a guy doesn't yeah, really and talk the... and he just goes out and dominates. Yeah. And remember when the Bengals tried to talk trash to him in the in the Super Bowl and then he just went and obliterated them the rest of the game? Yeah. Not a good idea. I would not recommend that to any yeah. team. Don't make Aaron Donald mad. If anything, like try to make him laugh or something like that. Try to just like reverse psychology, right? Just yeah. be like, try to give him hugs. Rub his Andrew shoulders, Luckin. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Good hit, man. Yeah. But yeah. very cool. But all right. Well, all right. I think. Do you want to want to do the outro? No, you got it. You got no, it. No, you got it. No, you got it. No, you got it. You're you were there. You were already doing it. You start it. Right. You finish it. All right, I got it. Um, <laughs> well, thanks everybody for tuning into the, this week's podcast. Um, if you haven't already, please give us a, a five stars on whatever um, podcast station you're listening on, whether it's. Spotify, Apple Podcast. Um, and then, yeah, um, please share with friends, family, um, some random guy on, on the street, um, whoever it be. We, we appreciate all, all shares and, and likes. Um, and then, yeah, until next week, the Lunch Pill Legends are out. Uh-huh.